Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the corner where the treats is is this the the passing of the torch right is this what this signifies it comes down to that that front office and what they feel is most important the champ is here we've touched down from a higher plane why you made it here we always look forward to that week because it was always intense you know that we ain't coming back we got to the man the myth the legend dante hall my 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 favorite player growing up was dante hall i love you guys (laughs) too but dante was my guy Get to dashing because you're done on the war feet. This episode of Chief Concerns is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Looking to help your favorite Chiefs podcast? Well, we're trying to raise money to create merchandise for our online store, as well as be able to have more merch to do giveaways to all of our fans. To any of our YouTubers, if you see down below, you can show your support with the new Super Thanks option. Any amount will go a long way towards helping us launch our online store. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks to all of our followers for your continued support. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Chief Concerns. I'm here with our guy, former tight end, Jason Dunn. JD, uh, you had a, based on the photos I saw on Twitter, based on everything I saw on TV, it looked like you had an amazing time this week. And uh, how was uh, Canton, Ohio? Man, I tell you what, man, the amazing time is 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 making it light. I mean, I had an, an extraordinary time. It was so glorious going out there, seeing Coach Vermeer, as you see it right here, right? Hall of Fame, Dick Vermeer, 2022, right there, Kansas City Chiefs. I got this shirt uh, in the store at the Hall of Fame, and it was the last one in my size in the 2X, and I had to just grab it up uh, just to support Coach. But, man, when I'm telling you, just, you know, seeing guys and seeing Chiefs family, uh, man, it just really, really warmed my heart. And so, uh, it, you know, you, you kind of uh, – you know, people that you, you've worked with, that you treat as family, and you haven't seen them in such a long time, I mean, it's just such a good feeling, good-hearted feeling. And so, you know, everybody looked good. Uh, like I said, it was, it, was, it was beautiful to see all the faces and see what everybody's doing and what they're keeping up with. And, you know, uh, and, and seeing Coach Ramil, especially in that light, uh, well-deserved. Uh, and so, man, like I said, man, we're just catching up with, with a lot of guys. A lot of guys I haven't seen in a long time, but – Beautiful weekend, wonderful weekend, man! Incredible, incredible. Yeah, all, all the speeches were, were good uh, that I listened to. All of them were heartfelt and stuff. But there's something so different the way Coach talked versus the other guys, right? He, it seemed like you know, like 
every person he had a story to tell by everybody. And I, I, te I texted you during, I was like, I think coach is going to go over his a lot of time for, uh, for his speech. Cause he had a story to tell by everybody. He's like, Oh, like that person reminded him of another person. He was like, just talking yeah. to everybody. It's like for a guy who's what? 85, 86. He's sharp. He's sharp as a tech. 85, 86, man. 85. He's 85. We'll be 86. Uh, I think in October. Uh, and he is, man. He, he is a sharp guy. He, he's still in great shape. Uh, it was funny because when we were, we were leaving, uh, he was leaving out of the hotel. I seen uh, his wife, Carol, came by and gave me a hug. And, you know, oh, he's one of my guys. And I was with uh, Vernon Dean, one of the coaches that coached under uh, Coach Ramil. And me and Vern actually coached together down at Kentucky State. But we seen Coach Ramil when he was leaving out. And we got outside. And here Coach Ramil is taking his bags and tossing them into his car. Like, he's just throwing them in. He wouldn't even let the, the, the bellhop help him. You know, that's the crazy thing about it. We just, man, just like Coach, just like Coach to sit there and just, move around and he, he seen us looking at him. He was like, ah, you know, I got to stay moving. Uh, but you know, he, he, he was talking about getting on the road. So he drove down. That was another thing. He drove down at that age, just getting back in, man. So he just, man, I'm, I'm talking about just the amount of like energy that he has, uh, the amount of, uh, 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 gratitude that he has about the people that has been in his life. Uh, I, I mean, it's, is wonderfully done. All the speeches, uh, Kurt and, and Trent did one. I think I sent a picture of them speaking at the end. Uh, but it was amazing. It was amazing just seeing all the people that he touched and the influences. And so what he was saying uh, was as much as he got that everybody benefited from his influence, he felt like he benefited even more. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I, I really got that. I really felt that. And uh, Coach, man, when I said just a beautiful person in and out, um, but he coached, man. And he he taught about life. He coached about life. That's what he. That's what he did. Uh, X's and O's. We knew he had that. But when I'm talking about just going into um, the heart of things and people and knowing who they are, the humanness and the love that he showed. Uh, that's who Coach is. That's what he taught. That's what he believed. And so you could see that in the people that came there uh, to see him uh, in this uh, in the induction ceremony. So uh, Eagles. Rams, Chiefs, and his high school team. The one he kept calling his kids. They're like in their 70s, like 74, 75 years old. It was funny. It was really funny. But yeah, man, it's just coach. That's that's his influence on the guys in the world, just reaching out and extending. And so all of that is love. All of that is love. Yeah. It, it was cool to see like a lot of the guys like in, in the photos, uh, Johnny Morton, who looks like you know, Amo. looks like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt about it, man. J Mo, true. Dave Plemick, Jeff Hurd. Uh, let me see. You know, Warfield was there. Dante, Lyle West, I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Shenard Hartz. Uh, I didn't see Chris Horn, of course, Trent. Uh, uh, Eric Hicks, uh, Willie Rove. I mean, I go on and on. Ken O'Gammon. I mean, I just on and on. Coaches that was their influence Mike Solari, Vernon Dean, uh, Chad O'Shea. Uh, Bobby Saunders, Al Saunders, um, you know, Bud Epps, our trainers. I mean, you know, Carl Peterson, you know, Denny Thum. I mean, I could just go on and on about the people that have been in the office. Uh, we was talking about Brad, Brad uh, and Pete Morris and all those guys, man, these guys, man, everybody could just kind of showed up for this wonderful time uh, just uh, to uh, congratulate coach, uh, you know, a, a absolutely well-deserved honor. And his highlight of his career, man, this this incredible man. I can't keep saying enough, man. Seriously, beautiful, beautiful weekend.
Yeah, no, it seemed like a really good time. Um, Carl Pierce and I tweeted about it, but he, dude, he, he looks like a million bucks too. He looked like a wise guy in that little video. That he looked like a, like, a, like a mafiosa. Man, I don't know what Carl's doing, man, but Carl looked like he he turned the clock back about ten to fifteen years. Yeah. He looked great. He looked great. And sometimes maybe I said pressure off of you know from you know being a, a GM running an organization where you can just relax and yeah. you know look good. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, gotta say, I was kind—I was kind of jealous when I saw you and Eric. Uh, Eric sent me a picture of you two together. I was like, "Ah, oh, man!" I was like, "Like two thirds <laughs> of the squad there." Ah. <laughs> yeah, 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 true. Yeah, Eric, man, we—it was—it was good to catch up with my brother right there. So, you know, T. Rich, and so sometimes it's just good to put your arms around guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, you see each other on, on, on and text and talk on the phone and whatnot and pictures and whatnot. But man, putting your arms around people, you know, just feeling and feeling how they're doing. Uh, can never be understated. Seriously, so yeah. it was good. Yeah, no, the Hall of Fame week is, a, is, is such a cool weekend because you get to see so many like different eras all in one, like you know, all one big family and everything. Like you know, like you said, you have the you have the Eagles, the, the early '80s Eagles on that t- uh, it, with that different meal party with the Ra- yeah. the Rams, the Chiefs. I mean, it's just it's so cool, you know, because it really is a, a a whole brotherhood. You know, it's re- it's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, and, and so of course the names Jaworski, Vince Papali. Oh, uh, Papali was there. Papali was there. Yeah, it was. He, he sure was. That dude was there, man. I see. He, he kind of brushed by somebody like, hey, excuse me. I'm like, man, that's Miss Papali. You know, so uh, when they say what's up to him uh, real quick, briefly, uh, Howard Eskin. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. It's like a lot of guys. Howard, was, Howard Eskin was there? Howard Eskin. Howard Eskin was there. Yeah, he sure was. Uh, you know, he did. That's that that guy. Uh but then the Rams, all the guys, you know, like I said, Kurt Warner, Orlando Pace, Isaac Bruce, Tory uh, Holt, I mean, uh, Ernie Conwell, uh, uh, Roland, the tight end, tight end guys, man, they, they was all there, man. So it was, man, it was, uh, Marshall Falk, dudes was there. Dudes was, it was who's who. And, you know, like I said, you know, T. Rich and those guys. And so mm. that was good. It was good to catch up everybody. You know, like I said, just paying, paying that respect for him. But, yeah. yeah. Incredible weekend, man. I, look, I'll tell you what. If if you're a football fan, this is like the mecca of football. If you have a chance to go and actually go see all these guys, these Hall of Famers, and people coming up there uh, during that time, I would, without a doubt, encourage you just to make one trip to Canton during that time, you know, just to see the Hall of Fame. Man, the whole – everything around it is just incredible. Uh you know, and, and and guys getting in too, like Richard Seymour. Talked to Richard, man, and just told him, man, great thing, you know, getting in, beautiful speech, a beautiful family, Brian Young. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Oh, we see Morton up there. You know, Morton, of course, you know, is a great guy, like always. Uh, Cliff Branch's family. Cliff Branch's family was up there, you know, so uh, now, man, it was all it was good. All it was good. Let's see, uh, Andre Rising. <laughs> see Bad Moon Rising up there too. <laughs> That was cool. Yeah, man. yeah, Antonio Freeman, those guys, man. So Andre Rodgers still got the spunk in him, man. Still got it. So <clears throat> that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. How how far is Canton from uh from Kentucky? I mean, oh, so, I'm in Central Kentucky. I'm in Lexington. It's about four and a half hours. Four and some change. I get there about four four hours. Four. It's not bad. Nah, it's not bad. Not bad at all. So. Yeah, well, I'm glad you got to. I'm glad you got to do that. That, that was, uh, it was cool. I, I was, I was, I was looking for you. I have my camera out. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to take any pictures of JD. They show them on the, uh, on the big screen. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but um, yeah. So you know, uh, the night before the uh, the the uh, 
uh, induction. Um, Andy Reid and and, uh, and and your guy Alan Wright were there to uh, to greet um, uh, Coach. Yes, yes, that was it. And, and Coach uh, spoke about that too. Yep. And he was he, the gratitude that he had for Andy just to come. And just to say, hey, coach, just want to congratulate you for this, man. It just moved him in tears, you know. And so, uh, and Alan, that that's that says a lot. That says a lot about uh, the character of people when you you care, you 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 show up, right? When you decide to show up to something, it means you care. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Andy, man, that that was a great gesture on his part, just to fly in like that, him and, and Alan, and and get back. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. No, for sure, and it's cool too that that that, that two of your coaches right there. <laughs> yeah, right, that dude. So it's a, lot, it's a long history just with those guys, and 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 you see it, you see the uh, the the you know what you have as far as like with Andy, you know, just kind of like look, man, I I got out here to Kansas City. I kind of Coach Vermeil was the one to kind of walk me through this process of getting out of here. Yep. So you got to take a hat off to Coach Coach Vermeil for. But doing that, you know, bringing Andy here and some of these championships and these wins. So it's good. That's good. It was a great thing. That's yeah, the Kansas City, Philadelphia, a full circle right there between the, between those two. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. JD, uh, you actually were on, were on a show recently. And uh, why don't you kind of tell us about uh, your experience with uh, RGR football? Yeah, man. I, I got on the show, man, with some, some wonderful uh, fans, some wonderful guys, man. They did a great job. We had a wonderful conversation. It was late at night, and we just kind of sat there and talked football. Uh, three guys in there just enjoying themselves, man. It was the, the rogue head huddle. The rogue head huddle is uh, the show was on. Uh, it was uh, uh, Keys and Brian. Uh, and those guys, man, uh, uh, so grateful. Had a great conversation. I'll tell them I'm going to come and visit them another time too, man. So uh, thankful, man, for having y'all guys on, man. Appreciate it for me being on your show and talking. I said, I'm going to come visit y'all again. So just a lot of love to the guys that's, you know, from different channels. Uh, shouting out to us. Uh, so man, y'all just keep going. You know, all the guys out there podcast is doing it. Just be supporters of one another. Uh, got great content. So just got keep it up. All right. Yep. Yep. All the uh, content creators out there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on Lance. Uh, Lance has spoken our friend of the show. I'll be on his show this Sunday. Um, oh, Lance, my guy. Okay. I, I always tell him, you know, there's, there's certain chief, chief content creators out there who refuse to, talk to any other podcast or do anything else because they, you know, they want all these hedge for themselves. And it's like, that's not how you and I operate. We you know we, we're trying to, uh, we try to spread the love whenever we can. <laughs> it's crazy. I, I, just guys, I know, uh, you know, I don't really want to miss guys out, but I know uh, how about those chiefs give us a shout out. Keenum Cass gave us a shout. Uh, you know, like you said, uh, Lance has spoken to those guys, man, those, those dudes, my brothers, man, they, they do a great job of things. So a lot more. So I, you know, like I said, I'm the name a whole lot of guys, but man, all the guys out here doing content are, are, are great dudes, man. They really are. And so uh, we support them like they support us and we support everybody in this. So yeah, can't get enough to teach football. Just can't get enough of it. So yeah. <laughs> That's why we do what we do. <laughs> That's right. Well, while the old Chiefs were, were making moves on uh, this weekend, uh, we also had some moves being made in house uh, with the with the with the new squad. So, uh, with our first topic tonight, we're talking about a new body, which something that JD's alluded to that we needed to maybe bring in some D tackles. We talk about the pass rush help, but maybe bring in some guys in the in the, uh, in the middle in the in the trenches. Um, so this past yesterday, we uh, ended up bringing in uh, 
Danny Shelton, former first round pick out of Washington. Um, he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit, uh, but he's a I mean, he, he's a he's a plugger in the middle that we do not have on, on the on the roster as it stands right now. Also, I think it's funny too. Drew Rosenhaus is his agent, and that's the second guy we've signed over the last two weeks that Drew Rosenhaus has uh, has you know I, I think it's his way partly making amends for being on that first uh, Tyreek Hill podcast episode. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't know. I don't know, man. They, look, them guys, they do. There's a lot of back backdoor things going on. It, no hard feelings. Yeah. You know, Drew's been around for a long time, man. So, you know, they he already knew that, you know, they always gonna do business. So nothing's really personal. It's all it's all business, right? Yeah. So he's doing his job as an agent. Uh, but yeah, now nah, look, look, if he if he decides like, hey, look, you know what? I'm just ha, reconcile a little bit with you. I'm gonna throw this guy to you. I know you need him. Yeah, sure. Hey, bring him on, Drew. Appreciate I'll, I'll, get, you, I'll get you on a friends and family discount. I I got you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, so this is something we talked about, like where defensive tackle help, but you know, we had Jaron Reed last year, didn't really work out. Um, yeah. and then we have Derek Naughty, we have um uh, uh Kalen Saunders, and then we also have uh, uh Taylor Stallworth, which we brought in from the Colts this year. So those are really the only D tackles we have in-house right now. But then yeah. we bring in Danny Sheldon, big guy, um, play for the Lions, um, play for Patriots, and I believe the Browns too. But um what are uh, what what does this make you think of what we see and feel how we feel about our defense tackles that are in-house as of right now, the fact that we're bringing in this guy two weeks into training camp. Uh, you know what, man? I, I think it's you can look at it one or two ways. But ultimately, like if you bring a guy in, then uh, you need it. You, you feel like, you know, maybe not enough is getting done uh, opposite of Chris. And so uh, I think bringing a big body like that here who is a run stopper, uh, you know you need a guy like that, Right. And so a guy like this could take up, you know, double team, take up space so you can free up a lot of other guys. And so that's what, you, you know, what you're ultimately looking for. You're looking for a guy that's going to be a, a force inside, uh, but occupy two bodies at one time. And I've heard he just he's a bull rusher. He gets all blocks. He can make tackles. If he's pushing guys back, man, that's what you want. You just want to be able to create lanes. And so that's that's going to be great for Chris, uh, Kolophagus and, and, and the pass rushers uh, and the linebackers. So. This guy coming in, man, he, he you know, for one, he's going to create a lot of competition, which is great. Always, you know, competition is one of those things that you just need uh, to light a fire over guys' butts. Uh, but two, like I said, maybe just nothing wasn't getting done in the, in the room. And so that's the evaluation. It's and, and I say this all the time, especially in camp, when you get into pads, then you really start finding out who you got. Okay. And so, like I said before, Everybody's going to look great in shorts. Everybody's going to look great, you know, in the, you know, flying around. You got your tail halfway, you know, a, a towel flying in the wind looking pretty. No, everybody's going to do that. And especially in pass rush, you ain't got the pads on. Guys should be able to win. And so when you stop, you know, actually strapping these things up and going to war and start leaning on bodies, then you find out who you actually got in that room. And so I think they felt like they needed some help. And if he's a guy that who's been a journeyman, but he's been effective where he's been, shoot, bring him in. Absolutely, I think he's going to work out a whole, a, you know, a lot better than some of the guys that's probably been here. And so, like I know you said, Jaron Reed last year, man, it just, you know, just didn't work. Just didn't work. And we needed that. We needed we needed other guys to step up beside Chris. We shouldn't always put things on Chris. That's the way I feel about it. There's got to be another dog in that room that's going to be able to fight and cause penetration and make some tackles. So that's just part of the game, man. That's it. Yeah, and, and we talk about having, you know, rotation at the ends. I mean, 
I mean, the, the big guys in the middle need some rotations too. You know, those guys need breaks and, and breathers too. You know. Yeah, yeah, they need depth. Yeah, depth is is important. It's key, especially you know in in this day and age. Uh, but you know the depth. You don't want to lose out on talent just because you have depth. You know, every guy that you have there, uh, you want effective guys, guys that you know is going to make a difference, right? Like you, you could get bodies. Everybody can have somebody as depth wise, but is he effective? Is he a guy that's going to create havoc? Mm-hmm. And so this guy right here, from what I understand, uh, he's he's going to do that. Yeah, as far as everything I've read, every metric I read, as far as uh, run stopping, he's a perfect run stopping D tackle. As far as pass rush, that's something that he, he may not get as much pressure or penetration up front. But right. as, run stopping, apparently that's his uh, that's his that's his big mo. So we uh, okay. So my evaluation last year uh, from the D line. I think we uh, we we kind of lost that on penetration. I didn't really see a whole lot of that last year, uh, and I, I was one of the ones that was screaming about like, "Man, what's going on with the penetration? Like, we need to start capturing lanes. We need to be able to make sure we keep the 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 line off the linebackers." And so, yeah, you, look, you don't have to get four or five sacks from the inside. That, that's tough anyway, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but if you're a guy that will hit a, a guard or center dead in their mouth. And take him out the play and push him in the backfield on top of the the, uh, the quarterback. Shoot, that's a win. Yeah. So we know, especially in, in that area, the guard and the centers they create the depth of the pocket. Yeah. If you got somebody actually pushing pressure and, and and collapsing that pocket, that's what you need. You just need that, right? And it creates lanes. Yeah. And so I think, man, we we really lost on on that last year. You know, I just didn't really see a whole lot of that penetration. I just didn't. Mm. So. Yeah, so, yeah. And we talked about that as being a need in the draft. Like maybe we need a D tackle. Maybe we need there's something we talked yes. about. Yes. We talked about Sue. We talked about there's some guys in the draft that we talk, possibly talked about. We never we never got that. So this is that that need. Right, right. Yeah. So man, uh, I think it worked out. And the good thing is, you know, you bring a guy like this in early and address this right now because you still got time with all these preseason games and whatnot before the season starts. And this guy's been pretty fresh. I'm sure he's 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 ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man. So you don't really lose out on anything. It's not like the scheme is going to be that difficult for, you know, somebody who's a no tackle three technique, yeah. you know? So shoot, penetrate, 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 <laughs> push the guy back, push him back, push him back, you know, get in the gaps and window, find that hole. So yeah. Yeah. No, I, like you said, it's good that we, we figured that out now, not in September or October. <laughs> oh man, that's that's true. That's too late. Look, we got a gauntlet of, of games, of, of teams to run through the very first half. Uh, this is going to be tough. So we got to be ready. We got to be ready. Yeah. Yeah. In the last two weeks, I would say we, we've won the last week again between Shelton and Dunlap over the last two weeks. I mean, that's those are, those are needs that you and I said we needed from from the get go. And check, check. So here we go. You know? Check, check. Here we go. You and you called all this stuff happening. So again. Mm-hmm. Duster Domus is in the house. There he is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you kill me. Um, okay, so uh, ne- moving on to the next topic. Um, if you watch our show, you know, there's guys who talk about it. I know obviously everyone always gets hooked onto the new names of people you bring in. But yeah. um, this week, uh, Patrick Mahomes sat down with James Palmer and uh, Steve Mariucci on NFL Network after practice, I believe, on Monday. Um, and he's discussed the receiver room, and we got a little insight on how they're going to be using Nicole Hardman um, this coming season, um, and who is the last man standing from our receiver room of years past. Um, but Pat said something really interesting, and uh, this full quote was, 
Quote, I think McColl has taken that step to fill that spot that Tyreek did in those deep routes. He's accepted that challenge and will have everybody kind of developing and doing different types of stuff, but he's about to be a big part of it, and I'm really excited for him. End quote. We've all seen McColl take uh, reps as a Wildcat quarterback, and he did it a few times last year, but he's already he's doing it in training camp too, so they're using him all over the field. Um, yeah. And you start to see him, his utilization kind of go up. And even in that last game we saw in the AFC Championship game where he was calling for the ball, I mean, he wanted that. He's fe- He was feeling it. Um, yeah. And we, we everyone's kind of gotten not blinded by the, you know, bl- blinded in a way by the new guys you brought in, Juju, um, MVS, Sky Moore. Naturally, new guys, right? But yeah. um, are we kind of, are people sleeping on McCall Harmon? I think a lot of people are changing their tune on McCall Harmon after hearing this quote that Pat said this week. But are you surprised that McCall is going to be the, the Tyreek replacement? No, not at all. Uh, it, to me, to be honest with you, uh, what he was able to do in the playoffs and at, toward the end of the season, I think it warrants that. It really does. I mean, he was beating guys deep. I mean, he has that speed. We know he's got, you know, world-class speed. All right. We know he could make guys miss. And so whenever you have a guy that has that electric ability, uh, escapability, you got to utilize it. And so McCole, to me, was was he was making strides and steps uh, to to be that guy. Right. And I think in his mind, he was almost seeing it because he realized, like, look, OK, you know, your first year, you you're kind of trying to find your way. Second year, you know, it's like the bumps and the bruises, you know, you go through things. Third year. OK, you got to start making the staple about who you are. Right. What type of player you're going to be. And I think McCurl, man, he he absolutely showed that. So from, you know, being in the backfield, right, doing the reverses, uh, uh, you know, wildcat, you know, like I said, stretching the defense, uh, you know, finding the window, just getting open. I mean, that's 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 what he's got, man. He has that ability. So that that doesn't shock me whatsoever. Uh, I think uh, I think what turned a lot of people off because everybody wanted to talk about it was. Where was his dedication during offseason? Oh, where was McCall Harmon? Is he going to work? Oh, he's he's not serious about this. Look, you how, how it works in the NFL. And most guys, most guys understand you got a clock, and we realize, okay, that there's uh, opportune time to make money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so sometimes you get that rookie contract, you realize that when I'm putting on film. Is going to help me on my next contract, right? And so, if that might be the motivating factor, he ain't got to be at the facility. He don't have you don't have to see him everywhere all the time. Doesn't mean the man's not working, right? And so, I've I've always thought that McCole was, you know, just who he was and how he spoke and him wanting the ball. I'm like, that's showing confidence. That's showing that he's starting to feel himself into where he fits into the whole scheme of things. And so, I think when uh, Tyreek. uh, departure, he was like, "Whoa, shoot, bet." Then I mean, the door's fully open for me, mm-hmm. right? To to kind of be that guy, and I think he was he was ready to to fit into that that role. And so, look, we know we got MVS, we know we got Juju, uh, but McCall's like, if anybody's got more, nobody's got more rapport than me with Patrick on the team. They just don't. And so, uh, I think man, McCall's going to have a wonderful year this year. I think he's going, he's going to surprise a lot of people who may be doubting him, maybe doubting his ability or maybe his hands and stuff like that. And McCole's a playmaker. He is through and through. And so uh, I think the maturity and, and the, the next year, this year for him is going to be uh, an even better year than he's had. Probably the best he's had since. And coincidentally, it's a contract year for him. So, you know, we know, we know guys play on their contract. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, listen, you won't get paid. You got to show what you can do. Pure and simple. You got to go out there and perform. Right. And so uh, I think he'll put it on his shoulders. You know, he might be a guy that, uh, you know, you always see it when, when you're playing, when you need a play, he might just be like, hey, man, shoot, throw it to me. You know, I'll be that playmaker, right? Shoot, I've been here, man. I, I don't earn that. I don't earn those stripes. Let me, let me be it. Let me, get, let me be the guy. Come on, coach. Run this route. Run this route. I got him all day. I can see McCole doing those things, right? Uh, like I said, man, so he's, he's like the uh, elder statesman. <laughs> so it, it's, it's going to be good. And Patrick, he's talking that way. Patrick's saying that. He's comfortable with, with McCole taking that role. Yeah. Yeah, I think like you know, uh, even well, I think when we first did the sh- first talked about the Texas re- uh, the, the Texas workouts, I don't think we knew if McColl was there yet. He was start- already starting to get flack for it, um, yeah. and then you know he he was there. I mean, you know, he he wasn't in the first images or videos that came out about that, but he was there. He ended up coming with Travis uh, later mm-hmm. on. But like you said, he was already there. It, it was for the new guys mainly, um, but then he he, was, he still ended up showing up. Um, you're a big fantasy guy, um, and a big question uh, as far as for fantasy football uh, is the Chiefs receivers. Um, yeah. Which one of the Chiefs receivers are you would if you, if you were to draft one first of all the Chiefs receivers? Which one are you taking first among among all of them? Uh, first one I'm taking is probably Juju. Juju probably first. McCoy will probably be second. Uh, you know, and then MVS and, you know, Sky is probably third around there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, uh, McCoy and Juju is going to be the ones getting probably the, 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 the brunt of all the, the passes is mm-hmm. what I'm looking at. Uh, and so, uh, I want to see how the preseason, well, you know, it, it might change when it, you know, when it's, when the talent start getting drafted. I want to see how the preseason works. And I'm like, yo, hey, McCoy might be the guy that shoot, should be the number one, but I think it should be them two. You know, Juju and Nicole. So I think Juju got a lot to prove. It's his contract year, right? He's on a one-year deal. So we got two guys fighting for the contract next year. Yeah. So, yeah. And you think Juju's probably probably more more PPR league kind of guy, more points per reception? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I, I think, you know, that's where McCole has the ability because, he, you know, he's going to be doing stuff out the backfield. Like I said, reverses and all different things like that. They're going to run the football with him. So uh, that will that will eat into maybe some of the, the passing and catches and stuff like that. But, you know, if he, you know, rushes and stuff into the, the end zone, shoot. That stock goes up. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, I, I, I saw a friend of mine asked me about uh, which one of the rece- Chiefs receivers you, uh, would you take first? And I'm like, oh, man. I went Juju obviously first, uh, just like you, and then I was like, outside of that, I was like, I don't know, it's pretty, probably pretty much a toss up. But I, I think, yeah, I think Hardman, you know, based on him, him taking snaps at the backfield, um, right. and what you said too, kind of uh, brings up something. It's the fact that he was so confident towards the end of that uh, that season where he was like, like, I want the ball so much so that he's arguing with Tyreek Hill on the sideline about, you know, I don't know what they were talking about, but I think it seems to me, I think he thought he was open on a lot, a lot of the stuff that was going on. So he, you know. Yeah. And it probably is just frustration because, you know, guys always want the ball. If you expect them, oh, man, I'm open. How come he's looking for me? It's like, hey, man, look, it's a okay. scheme of things. A lot of guys open. Shoot, Tyree's like, man, I'm open all the time, right? Ain't no sense us sitting over here fussing and saying that on the sideline. Mm-hmm. All this going to create is just more division, right? You don't want to do that. Yeah. Shoot, we're winning. We scored. So don't be mad at it, you yeah. know? And so it was like the same thing when they went to console him when he, when he, you know, he, had, you know, 
what was it? He dropped a pass, a formidable pass. What was it? Oh, it was he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that when Travis and him was like, "Hey, man, we we, we gonna need you on this," and that's what he. I think he fumbled the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was like, "Look, we gonna need you. We gonna need you on, you know, to come back," mm-hmm. and he did. So, yeah. Uh, but but it, it exudes it exudes confidence. I know that's yeah. the best way of doing, it, but it exudes confidence, and that's you know, there's no Tyreek Hill there now. You step up, and here we go. Yeah, it, it, there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance, right? Yeah. You know, because you, you you can be confident in your your abilities. The arrogance could get you really in trouble, you know, because you might feel like you you deserve something, and mm-hmm. that that can make you angry and bitter. And you don't you don't want to you don't want to be that guy. No, so. no, but yeah. So uh, for all you fantasy football players who are listening and watching, uh, Juju. And McCall Hardman would be JD's uh, top two receivers to take from the Chiefs. Absolutely. So I know that's the, the, this is a team that everybody wants to get the, the main receiver from. And obviously the main receiver, that's where the tight end goes. And if you want to draft tight end pretty high, then uh, uh, by all means, go for it. I, I don't think Amen. you'll be disappointed. No, no, it's true. Come on. So. <laughs> um, all right. So our next topic, if you are a Chief Concerns fan, you know that this guy is someone that we are rooting for. We've been rooting for a lot since we brought this guy on. Um, and it's the our Josh Gordon tracker. So since our last show, we talked about the lack of media coverage on this guy. He's starting to get more coverage. We're starting to see uh, uh, videos of him catching balls from Patrick. Also, even hearing tweets about him catching balls from Patrick in, in w- with the ones. Um, so it's good that things are coming up. And even he caught a bomb on a, our first round pick, Trent McDuffie. And, you know, everyone uh, was kind of, you know, in awe of that one. So uh, it's good to see Josh Gordon's getting his coverage. But not only are we taking notice of this, Andy Reid is uh, talking about Josh uh, on Monday on his press conference. And he had a full quote saying, Josh has really attacked it the last few days here. He's had really good days. Again, I appreciate his effort, and he's kind of the senior citizen of the group. He's the older receiver in that mix and has had success in this league. And the way he approaches it is full throttle. He's going for it, and there is great competition. But for him to be in there doing what, doing what he is doing, I appreciate every snap he takes. So take that for what you will. Um, at the same press conference, Josh also uh, had, had some media time. Um, and he was asked, what does he need to do to make the team? And he said, make plays when coach asks me to. That's what Gordon said. And, he, and Gordon said a lot of other things too. But um, I had a lot of Chief fans who say that Josh Gordon's presser uh, didn't show any confidence from him making the team, which I didn't get that from all, at all from that. Uh, from that, But you know, everyone's got an opinion on it. But what did you make of Andy Reid's comments about Josh Gordon? Seems like he's really rooting for him. Yeah, I think I think you know Andy was kind of waiting for him to kind of kind of wake up a little bit, and I think you, the reason he brought him back was because he understands the ability of the guy that he has in the room. He knows who Josh Gordon is. He knows what he can do athletically and physically. He knows that. He knows he's a weapon. And so you know, Andy's like, "Hey, man, shoot, he you know he's starting to show a little bit now. Uh, you know what we was who we knew he was, and so that you know Andy's look." brilliant guy. Andy, without a doubt, is probably one of the most brilliant offensive minds in football. And he understands who Josh, like I said before, uh, what Josh could bring to the table. He could bring to the Chiefs. Uh, and him saying that just says, look, man, this, this guy is not counted out. Uh, he's a guy that, that has a lot of experience. He's a guy that was actually probably one of the premier wide receivers in the league. Hello, everybody. Right. At one time. And I get everybody. Oh, that was 2013, 2014. The guy hadn't lost that. 
I can understand if, if he lost a step. He, he look, he trimmed down. He got in great shape. He had to learn the offense, and sometimes it's you know finding yourself into the offense, how you work yourself into the whole scheme of things, right? And I think it's what they were trying to figure out. But I think Josh is, you know, he's getting to that point. It's going to take him a little bit longer, right? We, we understood that. He's got the playbook down. Now, now we need to see Josh Gordon in that scheme, right? Into the whole Andy Reid, enemy, you know, scheme of doing things, offensive, you know, uh, you know, uh, thing of it, right? So, I, I think, you know, Andy um, is not down on Josh. These preseason games are going to tell a lot. Uh, if Josh – and then we – you know, people talked about getting cuts. I think Josh will be one of those guys that if it came down to that, he'll probably be one of the last cuts, okay? Because they're going to be like one of the two ways. So either like say, hey, look, you get rid of a guy or you cut him early to say he could find a fit somewhere else to learn something or – you wait to the very last last day and say, you know, we need this guy. We don't need this guy, right? And so there's been a lot of receivers, guys talking their names and stuff, but, man, it's it's early. These guys are young. And, and like I said, Josh Gordon was a premier wide receiver in the league, uh, and he still has that ability. What do you make of the, um, of the fans that keep saying, and this is something that I think is – outrageous but again everyone's got their opinion on it um yeah that josh can't play special teams we're not so he's not going to make the team um even though let's say okay I'm not, I'm not saying josh is is better for this offense than than justin watson but let's say it's between justin watson and josh gordon justin watson can play special teams so since he can play special teams he's going to make the team over josh gordon i mean even though josh gordon probably has a higher ceiling in this offense than justin watson does Right. No team's right. gonna cut the guy who's got a higher ceiling just because the guy can play special teams. Or I mean, right? I mean, is that kind of? I mean, you know, it depends. It depends on how how vital is that guy to special teams, right? So I know, I know, I look at it like this: when you have special teams, primarily for wide receivers, you're either gonna be a gunner, okay, or a return man. That's gonna be your primary calling. That's what you're gonna be. Right. That's 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 what it's going to be. And so I may think special team wise, I might want to use a DB to do that because he's a better tackler than a wide receiver. Mm. Right. This this must be honest. I, I was a special teams coach for coordinator for four years. OK. Been in special teams, played it when I was in Kansas City and Philadelphia. I know when you're looking at guys, the efficiency of what you use a guy and a body for is how you ultimately decide this. So let's just say Justin Watson, if you if he's the number one on, as a gunner, if he's making plays, I don't know. Could that be a nod? But he's got to be making a lot of plays. He, he can't disappear on special teams. Like He can't get you know pushed out of bounds and whatnot. But if he's going down making tackles and, and live ball, we don't know what that's going to be. So, uh, And it's not saying that Josh can't play special teams. He can run down and make a tackle. He can run down if he needed to. Uh, but – I don't know if you want to utilize that body for that. That's a guy I want to utilize for uh, uh, a fade route in the end zone, a big body guy. That's what I'm using for him. Go deep with a guy like this, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you, that's man, that's what I said, man. I, I man, I would just love to have a guy. I just in my mind, I'm just thinking. I know Andy and all the guys are thinking, man. Geez, we gotta get this ball. We gotta get the guy the ball. We gotta get him the ball. Uh, and so. I don't think I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. Everybody's different. Every coach is different. Me personally, hey, uh, Josh, I need for you to run down a couple of times. Okay. Can you do it? Can you play? Matter of fact, can you play safety um, uh, when we kick it off? On kickoff, that's it's another thing you're going to be playing. So I don't know, man. True. We'll see. We're going to see who's doing the dirty work, man. But if it's just one or two plays, I, I'm, I'm with you. You know, the ceiling for me, Josh Gordon, is a lot higher than Justin Watson. I know we say that, and that's, you know, coaches got to come up there. They got to say those things and, you know, give hope and then just talk about these things. But, mm. shoot, I'm not getting rid of that guy. Believe me, not me. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I believe I was reading uh, something that um, apparently one of the biggest fallouts with uh, Russell Wilson and the uh, the 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 guy the, uh, the GM there in Seattle was the fact that he wanted them to go out and get bring back uh, Josh Gordon. And they didn't do that. They didn't listen to him on on that. And he he was pretty pissed off. They didn't do that. And, you know, then now Russell Wilson's playing in Denver because they they didn't do little things like listen to him on bringing guys like Josh Gordon back to the team. Listen, I've said this. OK, and I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. And there's a lot of people that agree with me that have played football in NFL and whatnot. Okay. Uh, we know that Josh Gordon has the ability to go out and catch 50 balls a year in the offense. We know that. Mm. And so uh, a guy like that, I'm, 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 he, I'm making sure he's staying close. Mm. And like Josh said, Hey, I just need to go out and make plays. I need to make plays like Coach wanted me to make plays. And he knows that. As a veteran, he knows that. And he, he understands the window. He understands what he's up against. He knows his great competition. And I think what he was showing uh, was uh, was humility. He was being humble in the press conference, right? Because he's a veteran guy. He's a, he's a soft-spoken guy anyway, man. He's a very bright, intelligent, smart, uh, soft-spoken guy. You know, he's not the rah-rah like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll go out there. I'm going to kill you. On... He don't seem like that guy at all, right? I think the gratitude that he shows, people take it as weakness. And yeah. I don't, it's not that whatsoever. To him, he's like, hey, man, look, I appreciate every snap, everything I'm out here to do. I'm just glad I'm being out here playing football, right? And so in the moment, he's just appreciating for what it is, what he has. And so um, I, I think, you know, that that's not one of those things that he's worried about or lack of confidence. Mm. He just He's just grateful. Yeah. <laughs> he's just grateful. And, I, and that's what I love about him. I love a guy like that who is grateful for the for especially these opportunities that he has, especially now, right? So, you know, hey, people going they're gonna hate, they're gonna get upset. You know, people oh, he's washed up, we don't need him, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, all right, fine. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but I know if it was me and I had my druthers and I made a decision, I wouldn't get rid of the guy, you know. So yeah, and, and at least let's let's see what's going on in preseason. You know, let let Josh Gordon. And this is the thing: we're gonna see all these fans who you know may not be saying anything about Josh Gordon right now. Maybe upset that we keep posting stuff about Josh, Josh Gordon. But wait till he's down mainly the the twos and threes on Saturday, and like, oh, we need to get the guy in the ones. I mean, that, that's what's gonna happen. You, you put that guy, I guess, a guy who's barely gonna make a team. Yeah. Josh Gordon is gonna eat that guy's breakfast. Right, right. And the thing, and also too, shoot, we need twos and threes. You better make sure the quarterbacks are getting the ball to him. Yeah, that's true. Right. If I was Josh, I go to the hut. I'm like, look, you get in any problem, chuck it, it up to me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> throw it up to me. You see me, throw it to me. Throw it up. Watch me go make plays. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Hey, like you said, everybody got their own opinions about it. Yeah. You know, that's ours. And 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 cool, man. I look. I'm hey, I'm easy with it. Hey, they can hate on him. All that's fine. Mm -hmm. Hey. 
Y'all, y'all in that camp. I'm in the other camp with this, right? So yeah. I'm good with it. And he said something really interesting. We said two. One was a cool thing because they asked him about his uh, relationship with Corey Coleman and how Corey Coleman's always calling him and asking him how he how he ran certain routes in practice and stuff. And yeah. then they said, is, is it kind of awkward between you and Corey because you know you guys are potentially fighting for the last spot on the team? And he goes, nah, it's not awkward. He goes, I'll be happy for if he makes it. That means we, you know, we both worked our butt off for it, and he 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 did better than me. You know, that's all I can say is, you know, we we both worked our butt off for it, and he earned it. Um, thought that was a cool moment. Another yeah. another one was uh, where he talks about what he learned from last year to this year, and he talked about the fact that coming in the middle of the year last year for the Chiefs and learning that offense, he said, was an insurmountable task, which is speaks volumes about. How extensive this uh no the offensive playbook is the fact that it was an instrumental task is the word the quote he used. Yeah, I mean it's because you have a lot of movement. And you know, when you have that and you're trying, like I said, you're trying to fit, you you're trying to find out where you fit into this, right? And your athletic ability. And what what slows guys down, any player, is when you had to think, right? And if it's not something that you know, if it's just second nature and you're just rolling off and you know it immediately. True. Then you could just play. You could be free and just play, right? I think what Travis does is such a great job of like being able to get open and play free and whatnot. He just used his, you know, all of his gifts because he's like, shoot, I got this down. I already know what Pat wants. I know how to get open. I know how to, you know, to receive the ball. I know how to do all those things. And so that's why, I mean, he he does such a great job. And Josh is like, okay, let me think what we what they want. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, you don't want to be robotic. And sometimes when you're thinking, you're thinking about so much and too much. And so there go the drops, some of those things that that you see the the you know the mess ups. And so insurmountable. He's telling it, man. And he's a, he's a bright guy. If he's saying it's insurmountable, like you said, you you know the extent of what this this playbook is. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, and going back to what you were saying about how he was talking about Corey Coleman. It's just showing, you know, the type of character about the man he's matured into, yep. right? Uh, and I'm look, as one of your boys, known him for a long time. He's like, man, I'm gonna be grateful if he makes it. If I make it, whatever it is, and I'll cheer him on if he gets it. Hey, hey, that's that's what you should do, right? You know, so that's what it's about, man. Yeah. Appreciation. That's good. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing too. It's like people say, oh, he knows he's not going to make the team. It's like, no, no. I mean, it's, it's humility. It's a guy who's just, you know, him saying happy to be here is not like, I'm just happy to be here. Cause I don't know if I'm gonna make the team. That's literally saying I, I'm happy to be here based on what I've been through in my career. I'm right. happy to be here, here and now. And that's what, that's what he's focusing on, which I'm fine with that. I don't take that as a weakness, as, as you said. Yeah. I'll take hey, that. look, no, yeah, look, you gotta take the good with the bad, right? That's what you got to do. And that's part of like, uh, like I said, that that growth and maturity. It's, that's like understanding, like, look, you know what? Certain opportunities may be there, they may not be, but whatever I get, I'm I'm grateful for. Yeah. I'm good to have. So, hey, if I get negative press, so be it. I'll deal with it. Positive press, so be it. I deal with it. You got to take uh, success and failure the same, like a great assault. You really have to. And I think he's he's at that point now where he's just like, yeah, man, I, shoot, I get it. I get that point. So, so it's such an easy guy to root for, and an easy story too. And we 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 talk about this every week, but it, it really is. It's a new layer that adds to Josh Gordon resurrection every uh, every week, and I'm 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 here for it. Right. Um. 
Okay, so with the final topic tonight, um, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that uh, it's Chiefs football this weekend. Um, so uh, with the game this weekend on Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, the Chiefs um, will be playing the Chicago Bears. And for all you sport degenerate gamblers out there, like myself, the Chiefs <laughs> are a three-and-a-half-point underdog at Chicago this week. Three-and-a-half points? You don't know how, how much is our guys going to play? There's a lot of unknowns there. We don't know how much our ones are going to play. Probably not a lot. But um, if you're buying our depth like like I am, I'm, I'm taking the Chiefs on money line uh, and take them straight up this weekend. But um, uh, outside the betting aspect, J.D., what are you looking for um, uh, on Saturday with this first preseason game? Uh, I don't know, man. Probably just, uh, you know, I'm not expecting a whole lot. You know, the ones are not really going to get a whole lot of work. They'll they'll get in, uh, you know, do a little bit, you know, maybe take a couple of series. Uh, but you're, you're going to see where the twos and the threes are trying to develop. This is where it's going to start, like, getting down into the, the, the bare bones of things. Like, okay. Guys are going to make the team. We got to get a good look at these guys, right? And so uh, I'm going to be checking out actually the offensive line and the guys that we we had in camp, uh, like you know Roderick and those guys, Kennard, and see how they they play. Uh, it's always good to see where the rookies are at their progress when they're not hitting guys in the, in the same jersey uh, and how the lights uh, how the lights are bright to them. I can remember my, when I first got in, uh, my first preseason game, and the the amount of like, oh my gosh, like pressure, not wanting to mess up, right? Because it's like your first official NFL game, right? It was just, oh, insurmountable, right? Is that's a great word? I guess it really is. It's like, geez, you over here, you just sweating, and you just all the everything just going through your head. Everything's just going through your head. And guys that's been there before, the veterans, man, they they taking it easy. I mean, it's, it's to them, it's easy. It's easy work. Yeah, man, go ahead. They, you know, they'll have their tennis shoes on, their hats ready to go uh, by the end of the first quarter. You know, so they know they'd be done with it. But I'm looking for the twos and threes to kind of show up uh, to see what we got uh, DB-wise. Uh, you know, also, too, uh, these guys, these rushers, ed- edge rushers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, I want to see that, too. Uh, also, see, man, well, I want to see some of these these running backs. We'll see what's going on in that room, man. Uh, I, I want to check out and see how they uh, they operate with this this week. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Do you think we'll see more so of the one like okay, you know, Ch has been the the main one so far with the, with the ones. Do you think we'll see a lot of him just because the whole running back room is kind of uh kind of in flux, not in flux, but it's kind of up for grabs right now. I think we'll see more of CEH than sure. well than any other starters. Heck no, we better not we better not see a whole lot of that Joker. Hey, 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 <laughs> one series. You get one. You might get two. Hey, after that, over. You know what I mean? Mm. You done. No, coach, you are done. Come take your helmet, put it right here on the bench, sit down and watch the rest of the game. Get some popcorn if you need to. All right. Uh, trainer. Come come get him. Come get him. Yeah, man. Nah, there, there, look, there's look. There's some guys we don't need to see Travis a lot, uh, Patrick a lot, uh, Ceh a lot, uh, Juju and those guys. We don't really see those guys a whole lot. All right, I'm just gonna just offensively, y'all chill. Okay, let these other guys get in here, let them work, and see how they how they feel, how they mix in, and stuff like that. Get them into a nice tempo, good pulse, in and out the huddle. Uh, and see see how it goes, but yeah, the, certain guys 
<laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. You are done. Don't, uh-uh. don't even ask me. I don't even want to hear it. You already know when I tell you it's over, you're done. Sit down. So <laughs> it's always tough, man. Everybody just, they, they like the action. You can't help it. You just can't help it. But yeah, yeah no, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I think it's cool too. A first game is away in Chicago. It's a gr- great, great city to go out and as a, as a first destination for the uh, preseason. As yeah, far as yeah. preseason goes, how is it pretty much the way it would be like a regular season game? They get to like the day before and like the night before. Yeah, that's, that's what it would be. You know, everybody just kind of gets into like the routine of things, how 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 you operate uh, on the road. So it'd be good for a good experience for guys uh, who who've never done it before. It'd be yeah. Really good, you know, just to see it. But I'm telling you, the guys probably didn't want to go out. You know, you're not gonna go out anywhere. You know, you're gonna be so. I'm telling you, nervous. Me knocking the night before. It's 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 funny. It's gonna be funny. But <laughs> yeah, man, I'm I'm here for it. I'm, I'm I want to see this. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna yeah. be a good one. And yeah. like we like, like we've mentioned on the, the show in the past, it's like we are so deep that like even watching the fourth quarter. I mean, not that not to say the fourth quarter preseason is not fun to watch, but more so this year, I feel like we're just so heavy all over the place and just deep all over the place that like fourth quarter dwindling minutes of that game, I'm gonna we're gonna be glued to our TV because there's gonna be guys playing. It's like, oh man, I really want that guy to make the team. I want that guy to cut in and get some and get some playing time with the with, you know with our starters and stuff. So I mean, it's just we're just that deep that we're gonna be watching deep into these games in, in preseason. That we're gonna be, you know, rooting for these guys. We want to make a team because you know we're, we're attached to some of these guys. Yeah, no, nah, it's you know, it's that's what it is, man. You're gonna get a preview of, of, of like I said, the first team, probably one or two series, mm-hmm. and that's about it. But like you said, there, there's so many bodies there that there's no reason to play, you know, the ones for a long time. Yeah. And so you you you're that's what you're trying to do. These guys are trying to, you know, move up in position. You know, they're trying to make their statement right now. And this is this is the opportune time because you're not gonna have a whole lot. Uh I forgot the dates where they had it. Uh when the cuts come. So everybody knows that date. You know, if, you, if you're on the Chiefs, if you, you're in the locker room, you know that date cuts. And so, you know, days are numbered. Days are numbered. So, And I know a lot of the players are just happy to play contact football without those things on their helmet, the, uh, the little padding. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I was watching Hard Knocks last night. Uh, Brockers from the Lions were saying, man, he goes, this thing adds like another ounce to my head, man. <laughs> it's not heavy, but it adds another ounce. <laughs> so they got Hard Knocks on? Who's, who's in Hard Knocks? What team they got? It's the Lions this year. So it's actually pretty good. They have um, – I, I didn't realize their entire staff saw former players. Deuce Staley, uh, um, Aaron Glenn, uh, Mark Brunel, uh, Antoine Randall-L. That's all those guys are on their staff. What? They got, they got Deucey over there? Yeah. Deuce, that's my guy, man. I used to block for Deuce up there in Philly. That's you know? right. That's right. Yeah. Aaron Glenn. And who else you say? Uh, Mark Brunel. Mark Brunel. Randall. Uh, Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, they got it. They got a staff. Really good staff. I, yeah. I, I had no idea of all those guys. Yeah. So Jason know what he's doing, man. He, he's got to get some some guys, man, to to motivate these dudes. It's good yeah. staff. Seems like. Yeah. So how did they look? How did I don't know? How did I don't, shoot? I might just start looking at checking out. I mean, it's it was it was a good episode. Really not no, no controversial things on it. So that's that, that's that, that's one good thing. So no, uh, it, it's pretty like I, I don't. I, when I went to school down in Miami, Dan Campbell was the interim head coach at, with the Dolphins that year. And, um, you know, you got to see that he, he's a big rah-rah guy. And, like, you can just see the guy very passionate, you know, former former tight end. Former uh, tight end, man. Love, I love Dan. Dan's a good guy, man. Good guy. I like him. 
see that passion come from him. You, 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 I mean, you're, you're glued to it. You're, you're rooting for the Lions, and I feel like most team, most fans are just, you know, hoping the Lions fans and the Lions can actually be successful. You know, win win something for the fans there because you know they 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 they're, they're a dedicated fan base, man. They've been waiting for a winner for a long time. So I I hope the best for the Detroit fans. Well, good, good. <laughs> but all right, well that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Chief Concern presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we discuss what we saw on Saturday against the Chicago Bears. We'll see you guys next yes, week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, baby. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Thanks for watching. Subscribe here to get the latest from the show. Also, be sure to check out the best clips from Chief Concerns. And if you prefer to listen to the show, subscribe and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.